You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Digital advertising brought a promise for advertisers that its performance could be precisely measured, that the precise measurement made it possible to optimize paid media in a way marketers couldn't with more traditional media. And the attribution, oh, the attribution, finally, we could all answer that age-old question about which half of our marketing budget we were wasting and set the expectation among our leaders that we'd no longer waste any of it. It all sounded great until it didn't. Marketers in their gut, I think, know brand awareness works and they know that upper funnel media is really important, but it's notoriously one of the hardest channels to measure. Well, it's now become even harder to measure because those upper funnel um, ads are typically the furthest away from the point of conversion. So we're finding that, you know, in a pre iOS 14, um, less privacy restrictive world, a lot of different ad platforms were actually frequently over-reporting their performance and taking credit for um, conversions that may have actually been driven by other platforms because everybody could kind of see uh, what was happening after someone saw their particular ad. So they were in the, in the pipeline, so they took credit for it. But now we're actually seeing very frequently that Facebook and other ad platforms are under-reporting their performance, especially in upper funnel channels. That's Clay Cohen of Measured, and on this episode of the B2B Nation podcast, we're talking to Clay about paid media measurement, optimization, attribution, and of course, the impact of privacy regulations on all of it. Welcome to B2B Nation. Clay Cohen, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Hey, Mike, thank you so much for having me. My name is Clay Cohen. I'm the Director of Product Marketing at Measured. And we are a platform that helps D2C brands solve their media attribution problem. This can be through cross-channel reporting, incrementality measurement, or incrementality experiments in market. We also manage their data through our marketing data hub and help them better understand the true business impact of their ad spend. All right. So you talked about spend decisions those have gotten very very complicated because there are so many options if you look at the page on the measured website that shows like integrations you get an idea how many options there are because just about everybody's there um where you can spend your ad dollars right so unified measurement you've got all these channels all these sites networks platforms where you can have your message you get unified measurement Makes sense, right? You want everything in one place. You want one view of all this stuff. Then it kind of becomes on the marketer. Are they using the data effectively? Do they understand what it means and how to use it? Maybe what's important and what's not? A lot of data, the old paralysis by analysis can set in. Yeah, it's a good question. I think there's a couple of things we can unpack there. I think one is, first and foremost, marketers absolutely have to add just data operations to their resume. They are now responsible for managing so many different types of data across so many different channels, whether it be marketing vendor data, it can be customer data. There's some additional sensitivities there on managing that customer data. They have to manage transaction data because now they are more than ever responsible for tying that marketing spend directly to their business performance. So they're really looking across all different data sets to understand the true value of their media. Additionally, I think 
the first step you mentioned kind of aggregating the data, I would almost say that gets you to kind of like a table stakes uh, state where you just need all the data in one place. But that doesn't necessarily mean the data is going to be that helpful. And what I mean by that is that every vendor, every platform, everywhere you're running media uh, provides different incongruent data. They measure themselves differently. A lot of times they may be counting their performance in ways that cause duplication across different channels. So there's a whole world of kind of cleaning and organizing and harmonizing data that makes it both usable to a marketer and then applicable to other measurement practices. So I think first step, get the data together. I think most marketers actually get stuck or actually just end up spending most of their time in that state of just constantly trying to keep it organized and get it together. Then if you can take that, organize it, clean it, skew it correctly, make sure you're applying the right measurement practices to it, then you can start taking that and building, uh, whether it's visualization-based reporting or cross-channel analytics, or if you're a more advanced marketer and you want to start doing data science modeling or forecasting um, or other types of analytics on top of it, then you can start to kind of do that. But I think the first key point I would, I would like to leave as a takeaway is good data in, good data out, uh, and make sure that you're really starting with a methodology and approach that gets you to a common currency, as some people would like to call it. Digital media has always carried this promise of measurability mm -hmm. and then optimization on top of that. If you can measure it, you can see what's working. You can optimize in response to that data. All that with an eye on attribution. Yes. But attribution's been tricky. It kind of reminds, I'm old enough to remember that like the early promise of online ads was clicks, right? And then right. nobody clicked. So then they were like, well, it's not clicks. It's, it's brand awareness. It's impressions. That's what you're buying. What are the challenges that keep marketers reliant on last click attribution despite all the tools and data they have available? Ooh, that's a great question and a favorite topic of ours, I, I will say. I'll start with a, just a little bit of background on where the, where, how we got here, I think, and that's kind of important understanding why we're still uh, here in some ways. We solved the attribution problem specifically for brands with direct-to-consumer channels or D2C marketers. Uh, who specifically, you know, came about in the era of internet-enabled businesses where you could start a brand in your garage, you could load up a Shopify website, uh, and then all of a sudden you need to be able to get in front of consumers to start buying your products. And D2C marketers by nature are not typically selling products in marketplaces or stores where they have kind of exposure to the world in that way. So they really rely on media and advertising to get in front of those consumers. And as such, they tend to spend a lot of their top line dollars on advertising. And those marketers were able to do that through the advent of self-serve advertising, in-house purchasing on platforms like Facebook and Google and others. Now, with those platforms, as you mentioned, comes what we call last click or platform-based reporting, where their initial promise is to see what happens to the user after they view or click an ad. And up until recent years, and I'm sure we'll talk about privacy changes in a moment, but up until recent years, there was this kind of open, you know, blue ocean of, hey, we can go track users around the web and we can drop cookies and we can see exactly what happens. And this created what I would like to call, you know, the greatest story ever told in marketing measurement, which is the ability to track the user from one click to one view to one click, all the way through to the point of conversion, following the user 
I put air quotes up uh, through the, the the funnel or through the consumer journey. Uh, it's such a wonderful idea, and it's so easy for marketers to understand and to want to grab that. That even in today's wake of immense privacy changes that have made doing that nearly impossible, uh, and in some cases almost reckless to to try and you know really track the user through these different uh, you know points of contact and then to the conversion we find that marketers are still kind of bargaining, trying to make it work uh, because it's just the way they've thought about measurement for so long is really what ad did this particular user see? What did they do after that? And then when did they convert? And how can I apply credit to those different touch points along the way? And that's kind of, you know, whether you're doing last click or last touch, which is just applying all credit to the last thing that they saw or clicked, or multi-touch attribution or MTA, uh, how can I assign fractional credit to all these different touch points? It's a great picture, but unfortunately it just doesn't work. We've been joking, sending a meme around within our own company, it's the, the Mean Girls meme, where she's just saying, stop trying to make click path analysis work because it's just, it's just too difficult uh, in today's privacy-centric environment. Yeah, so you you alluded to this a couple of times in the answer there. We can't talk about any of this unless we talk about privacy regulations and rules and what Apple has changed for everyone who's out there using an Apple device, of which there are many. So what does that do? Uh, How does that throw a wrench into the works of attribution? And the other thing we have to talk about is uh, the privacy regulations, like they're not done. I don't think anybody thinks they're done, right? They're... Europe's kind of way ahead of North America. North America may, you know, do more. And, and then the other kind of mess about all this is like in the United States, you've got states trying to do regulations and not just the country and the EU. You've got much of the continent trying to do it. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's funny, like it's both a big mess, but it's also something I feel like we all knew was coming. So, you know, I, I feel like it's really easy for us to kind of look around and go, oh, my God, I can't track users anymore. When, you know, I, I think a lot of us even remember five, six years ago, GDPR coming down the pipe and every, you know, larger technology company needed a specialized in-house lawyer to start figuring out, are they going to be a controller or a processor of data? And, um, you know, it's been on our minds for a long time. And there are a lot of different privacy changes that have been enacted. There's a lot of new ones coming, um, whether it was GDPR, ATT, iOS 14, do not track, you know, policies within people's phones and devices. There's additional regulations coming down the pipeline. We're seeing some really interesting stuff with Google Analytics and GA4 and things happening in Europe right now that will probably translate to the US at some point. And I can kind of summarize the results of that as it impacts advertising as it significantly reduces the ability for platforms to see what happens to a user after they see or click an ad. And Facebook is a great example where they kind of took a more forward-looking approach and just very quickly shortened what we call the look-back windows uh, of their ad data. So you can no longer see after you know one-day view or seven-day click or one day view, two day click, and it changes depending on kind of the protocol you're using or, the, or how you're measuring. Basically, from the point someone sees or clicks an ad, it's very hard to see what happens and when they convert uh, later down uh, in, the, in the journey. What this means is that the funnel, which was notoriously hard to measure, 
and the upper funnel channels and you know marketers in their gut i think know brand awareness works and they know that upper funnel media is really important but it's notoriously one of the hardest channels to measure well it's now become even harder to measure because those upper funnel um, ads are typically the furthest away from the point of conversion so we're finding that you know in a pre ios 14 less privacy restrictive world a lot of different ad platforms were actually frequently over-reporting their performance and taking credit for um, conversions that may have actually been driven by other platforms because everybody could kind of see uh, what was happening after someone saw their particular ad. So they were in the, in the pipeline, so they took credit for it. But now we're actually seeing very frequently that Facebook and other ad platforms are under-reporting their performance, especially in upper funnel channels. So you could look at Facebook data and your conversions could look terrible in an upper funder, upper funnel brand awareness uh, campaign when in reality it could be driving a ton of net new sales. And I'll just highlight where we kind of play in this world is we provide incrementality measurement. We measure what we would what we would refer to as the true um, business outcome of a particular um, campaign or a certain amount of media spend. We do this through uh, different types of experiments and in market tests. And interestingly, if you think about the incremental impact of marketing on sales, we find that the incremental value is actually inversely related to the typical conversions uh, reported by the platforms as you look down the funnel, where upper funnel media tends to be significantly more incremental in driving net new sales when you measure it in an incremental way, whereas lower funnel media tends to look really good on the platforms, but is actually incredibly non-incremental when you measure it that way. And, and the reason is because, think about it this way, if Facebook or another channel is um, you know, reporting on a retargeting campaign, for example, they're targeting users who already have a super high propensity to convert. So a lot of those people are probably going to buy the product anyway, and they're taking credit for that. And then additionally, compared to other areas of the funnel, the lower funnel media looks way better because they can actually see more of the conversions happening because they're still within some of those look back windows. Uh, this is especially true for brands who have longer consideration cycles where the upper funnel media is so much further away from the point of sale that it can be extremely difficult to measure that in any type of uh, meaningful way from the platforms whereas the lower funnel media looks so good and that's kind of why when we get a lot of more nascent or younger or newer d2c brands working with certain agencies, they tend to optimize towards that lower funnel media because it looks so good on paper, when in reality, they're just kind of hitting users that have a really high propensity uh, to convert. And the cynic in me that spent a lot of time in the lead gen space of digital media says, lower looks good, lower in the funnel looks good because lower in the funnel costs more. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Definitely, no, absolutely true. Absolutely. You're going to make sure that one looks good. Uh, so we are headed, it seems, into an economic downturn. We're probably already there. We never know when these things start until we look back. So what does that mean for the marketers you work with? And how will you talk to them differently about their ad spend, their ability to better understand their marketing and optimize it and all that stuff? Yeah, I think there's a couple points I would highlight to help marketers kind of navigate the space. One, of course, uh, being able to measure the true impact of your media dollars is even more important. You know, I think sometimes 
attribution or, or the ability to really get precise measurement, whether that's through experiments or through working with a provider that can provide that data effectively from, you know, across a portfolio of brands, for example, it's actually more important in times of economic uncertainty because every dollar really counts. And we find that, uh, like I just mentioned before, you know, brands come to us or, you know, we, we meet with prospects thinking about using measurement and we analyze their media spend and a huge portion of their budget is just non-incremental. It's, 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 a, it's a lot of media spend going to driving conversions that would have happened anyway. So being able to really understand which of those uh, media dollars or driving business outcomes can really help you reallocate your budget to then hit your goals. And my second point is kind of on that goal setting, thinking about growth and efficiency as two very important kind of areas you need to balance between. And I think a lot of CFOs and CEOs uh, think in this way, and a lot of marketers, unless you're kind of on the higher end of, of the, you know, towards the executive team, you may be kind of living in growth or living in efficiency, but not necessarily realizing that those two things are related to each other uh, in your day-to-day -day ad spend. So we have a tool, for example, uh, we call it the LTV CAC tool, where we can measure and provide an optimal ratio for customer acquisition cost and lifetime value, where you can balance Am I in a growth mode right now where I just want to acquire new customers, whatever the cost may be, or do I need to kind of tighten the belt a little bit and maintain more efficiency in my spend so I can increase my top line right now and not worry so much about driving net new customers, but extract more value from my current customers? How are you optimizing your spend to do that? and making sure that your marketing spend is kind of aligning to that goal from a business perspective. And there are a lot of different tactics and strategies and methods you can use to kind of fine tune that ratio and make sure that the dollars you're spending are actually either increasing efficiency or driving net new customers. Because a lot of times we see that different channels tend to diverge uh, in the ability for them to kind of do those things, if that makes sense. Yeah, you guys are in that kind of interesting spot that happens when the economy starts to shift downward, where if, if you could tell a story about efficiency and you can tell it well and you can convince people, you guys can do really well when other people are having trouble. Yes. We were very proud of our portfolio kind of performance through COVID, you know, in the first couple of months of COVID when, you know, a lot of people stopped buying things and a lot of brands weren't sure what was going to happen. And we were able to kind of really lean in towards either making efficiency or some of our brands were able to confidently make investments in growth, recognizing that there was an opportunity, you know, over that couple of year period to really drive a whole new world of, of net new customers. So great measurement pays for itself multiple times over when you can start to really think about your budget allocation and where can I cut, where can I increase spend should I scale into this new channel? Um, are some channels going to be more efficient for me in my particular business objective? How much should I be spending in that channel? Things like that. So, yeah. yeah. All right. The question we ask just about everybody on B2B Nation, what is your favorite tool? And the rules here, in your case, Clay, you can't say measured um, yeah. because you would expect that to be your favorite tool. And you can't cite your phone unless you're citing a specific app because none of us are any good at anything if we don't have our phone handy. 
I will give a couple shout outs to some other platforms that I respect and that I, that I use that we use in our company because they really do bring me, you know, delight, uh, you know, in my day-to-day use, I would say one is a company called Docsend. They were recently acquired by Dropbox. Um, I've used them several times and they just make managing sales assets really easy. Um, and sharing a single link with a prospect where they can access all of your files and you can track the performance of those files um, versus sending email attachments, you know, to, to all different people. So I use that all the time. Our sales team adopted it. Great tool. And then an interesting one that we're toying around with right now, actually, interestingly, is called Synthesia. And it's an AI explainer video tool that creates these really wild avatars that basically tell you a script uh, and actually look like almost real enough, but like aren't quite real enough for you to think it's an actual human. So they're kind of interesting and freaky, but I really like it. Um, We're kind of exploring that. So interesting, interesting tech and in social media, especially AI is just kind of on the rise. And I feel like people are subconsciously starting to just kind of accept it as normal. So (laughs) interesting to kind of play around in that, in that world a little bit. It was a big deal and it was easy to resist when, it was like something different, but then it becomes so integrated into everything you do and you don't notice it as AI. And it's like, that's when they've won, right? That's <laughs> kind of freaky. I mean, all those like voiceovers on, you know, TikTok and, and, and Instagram are, are, are definitely like becoming normalized. So uh, yeah, anyway, just an interesting area of tech we're looking at. All right, Clay Cohen from Measured. Thanks for appearing on B2B Nation. Awesome, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Clay Cohen for joining us on this episode of the B2B Nation podcast. If you found this one insightful or interesting, subscribe to B2B Nation on Apple, Google, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Thanks to the technology advice team, Amy Dunn, KJ Pace, and Hunter Hill. Our theme song was composed by Mnemonics in the Guild. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.